I am always, always learning. I'm learning from reading books and articles. I'm learning by studying, I'm, I'm learning by talking, and, I'm, I'm, and I learn by listening. And I always learn from listening. Just the other day, I learned in a very brief conversation that, that we who know the Christmas story often take so much for granted. You see, I was talking with someone who shared how they were visiting with some people who were putting out their nativity scene in preparation for Christmas, and they were having a discussion trying to figure out which one was Jesus. Do you know which one is Jesus? How? How do you know which one is Jesus? How do you know that Jesus is the baby? You've been taught it. You've read about it. And you've heard about it, right? So, for us, for for many of us, the thought that someone might not even know who Jesus is in the nativity scene is, is silly. It's crazy, right? How could they not know? Well, if when we meet someone like this, we need to take a step back, we need to slow down and ask ourselves some questions. Like this. What if I have never heard? What if I've never read the Bible? What if I have never been told which one is Jesus? Well, the answer would be the same. We wouldn't know either. We would lovingly have to be told that the one in the nativity scene that Jesus is, is the baby. That's where you would start. And so that's where we start this evening. Again, understanding that Jesus is the baby. The the baby born in Bethlehem, but this is no ordinary baby. Sure, Jesus was wrapped in cloth and, and he was swaddled up like so many other babies. But, but Jesus was born in a stable. Jesus was laid in a, a feeding trough. Jesus' mother was a virgin. His earthly father didn't know what to do with his soon-to-be wife. And so an angel appears to him, and he says this. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, Beginning with verse 20. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. 
So Jesus is born, right? We, we, we understand that. But again, Jesus is no ordinary baby because this baby is God. Jesus is God. Emmanuel, God with us. So Jesus in the flesh, God in the flesh, face, toes, mouth. Hunger, tears, pain. All those things that humans have and do, that was Jesus too. So Jesus is both true God and true man, and he is also king. Jesus is king. All right, so we'll take a step back again and remember what we've learned here. We've learned that Jesus is the baby in the nativity scene, and and yet this baby is no ordinary baby. This baby is God in the flesh. And now, right, this baby is also king. If you've never heard this story, your mind is now literally, well, not literally, figuratively blown. Right hearing this for the first time, a baby born in a stable, laid in a feeding trough, is a king? Well, there was a king named Herod who heard about this too for the first time, and and he heard about it from, from some wise men. And and just a little side note here as we're talking about putting out that nativity scene. Don't put your wise men close to um, baby Jesus. Okay, put them farther back because those wise men carrying those gifts, they did not show up to Jesus when he was in the stable. They they weren't there when he was born. They arrived a year or two later at Jesus' house. So if you're going to have the wise men out there, great, just put them a little bit further down the road. They'll show up eventually. So, so these wise men now, they, they come from the east and they roll into Jerusalem. And they say, where's the king? Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We know he's around here somewhere. We've seen his star. We, we saw it when he rose. And, and now we have come to worship him. Where is he? King Herod? He wanted to know the same thing. He wanted to know where this new baby king was. And he said it too. I want to worship him. But here's the thing with King Herod. This wasn't true. King Herod was actually troubled greatly by the birth of this new king. And and so too was the rest of Jerusalem with him. So King Herod did what any good king would do. He called an emergency meeting. He called an emergency meeting of the top theological minds. And he talked to the chief priests and the scribes, and and he asked them, where was this king to be born? When was he to be born, this king of the Jews? I need to know. And so the answer that they gave him came from the Old Testament. It came from some 700 years prior, from the prophet Micah. When Micah said, you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And it still didn't make sense to King Herod, so he called for those wise men to tell him whatever they knew. He really wanted to learn from them. 
He wanted to learn from them when this baby king was born. And once he received his answer, he sent them on. Because you see, the wise men weren't in the right spot. He sent them on to where the star was, to Bethlehem, with the orders to find the child. And once they found him, come back to him. And to share his location so that Herod could go and worship this new king too. So off went the wise men. We pick it up there in Matthew 2, verse 9. It says this. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. With great joy. And they went into the house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. They arrived there at the house. Again, not the stable, right? They arrived at the house where Jesus and Mary and Joseph were staying. And immediately, the first thing they did was what? They worshipped. They fell down and worshipped this child, this king. And, And then they gave him gifts meant for a king, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yet the greatest gift that they gave him was their worship, was their praise. So let's back up again and refresh our minds about the whole nativity scene, okay? What we've learned today, the baby born in a stable, laid in a feeding trough, is God in the flesh. And this baby is named Jesus, who is true God and true man, and he is king, The wise men came searching for this king to worship. They come across King Herod, who wants to, quote-unquote, worship him too. So he sends the wise men off to find the baby king and come back and report to him the exact location. The wise men find this king. They offer great gifts, and the greatest gift they can give to them is worshiping the newborn king. This is huge. You see, the wise men, the magi, they're not Jews. This is supposed to be the king of the Jews. But yet, here you see wise men, magi, not Jews, Gentiles, worshiping Jesus. How did they get there? How did these Gentiles get to this king to worship him? Did they find their own way there? No. Who led them there? God. God led these Gentiles to Jesus. And when they found him, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. You think Matthew put some emphasis on that? (laughs) The the, the excitement and the joy that they had? They fell and worshipped him. Now here's the thing. We don't know if the wise men worshipped Jesus as true God. We don't know that. But what we do know is that their worship of him shows that they realize that this kid Jesus here, this toddler Jesus, was more than just a human king. Because otherwise, why were they led to somebody that's two or one and a half? Why why worship a baby born in a stable? Why worship a toddler living in a normal house? 
and not a palace. Because one is led to worship. So why do we worship today? Why do we gather together once a year and worship a baby who's born in Bethlehem? Simple. The majority of us here believe. We believe that the baby who is God is our king. And now you have to understand this. We don't worship a normal king. King Jesus was never bent on promotion. King Jesus was always bent on demotion. He was never a tyrant. He was always a servant. He never manipulated, lied, slandered, or persuaded. Instead, our king healed. He cried. He loved. He bled. And he died. You see, King Jesus lived for others all his life. This king, his life was all about going down, never looking to move up. And that's why we can say that love came down at Christmas. King Jesus came so far down, he didn't wear a crown until he was around 33 years old. When a crown of thorns was shoved down upon his head. And with his head bleeding, he was led to a whipping post. Where time after time after time he was beaten and flogged. Further down and down he went. Until they decided that he had just about enough. Enough left in him to carry himself to a tree. Where he would be raised above everybody. Displayed for all to see. The baby born in a stable and, and laid in the manger. The, the one who would set his people free some 33 years later now hangs for all to see on a wooden tree. And the sign above his head says, this is the king, the king of the Jews. And yet he's more than that. He's the king of the Jews and the Mees. You see, on that cross, the king died. But before he took his last breath, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Those words were spoken for you and me. A, a king, the king, the king of all kings spoke words of forgiveness over you. And for you. And with one final breath, our king died. He died to save us from that other side. He died to rescue us from our sins, our struggles, our hurts. But yet here's the thing that makes baby Jesus king of all kings. Is he didn't stay dead. He did not stay dead. No, three days later, he rose from the dead. He rose from the grave, and he did it by himself. Victorious over sin, the devil, and death, King Jesus lives and gives to you the greatest gift you've ever been given.
the greatest gift that you will ever receive, his everlasting love, and his eternal life. How do you know? How do you believe? It's nothing that you do. It's all what he did. It's done. And now you believe by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that this creates this faith in you. This Holy Spirit that moves people to share the story. The same Holy Spirit that moves you then to worship. So what a wonderful day it is. Right? We now know. We now know who that is. Who we've been told. We've heard the story. We now can look at a nativity and know who Jesus is. And now too, maybe, we can help others to see and to learn that the baby in the nativity scene, the, the, the baby born in a stable and laid in a manger, worshipped by wise men, was born to die and to rise again for them? And you and me? Maybe we can help them see that this baby was born to save them from all their sins, and this baby is Jesus. God in the flesh. Who is our king? Who is Jesus in the nativity scene? He's the little baby born for you and me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.